Welcome everyone to Hit the Books. I'm Thomas Casali. He is Joey Kanish. Kanish, how's it going today, my man? <laughs> you got to be feeling good. I came in last week too cocky. I'm wearing leprechaun hats. I'm singing songs and I go one and four on the picks. Well, you know, Tommy, uh, I think, you know, uh, everything that, uh, you know, the star goes up, it's got to come back down at some point there. Uh, and so you were running hot, um, and then, you know, you started to trip a little bit. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I can't say I'm, uh, I'm too surprised there, uh, you know. So hopefully we'll get you turned around this week uh, and get you, you know, you're back in form. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking last week as I came in, boy, all I got to do is not go 1-4 and 0-5 oh and, and I'll be in a good spot here. But, you know, it was one of those weeks, Kanish, where I didn't like a ton of games. I ended up laying points, which isn't really my my strength. And, uh, you know, I took it on the chin. Man, Georgia, woo! Uh, that, that, yeah, what's going on with the dogs over there? I mean, <laughs> struggling against Kent, struggling against Missouri. We got to see what goes on with them moving forward. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, Listen, it's. It, I thought last week was a tough week. I have gone in the opposite direction this week, Kanish. I, with my five picks, I am taking the points in four of them. So, uh, oh, the Tommy Dog is back. Yep, Tommy Dog is back. Uh, so I can't wait to hear what your thoughts are on some of these games because there's some interesting angles for a few of them, and uh, we're going to get to those now. Uh, so I am after three weeks, Kanish. I am eight and seven. So still over 50%, right? I'm still winning the whatever this bet is, thanks to my uh, friends up in O Canada who said I only need to hit 50%. So eight and seven. Yeah, I don't know. Our I, I, apparently our friends in Canada don't know how to, you know, uh, do real math there. But I guess we'll give you 50%. It's still eking it's still in the black just a bit. Yeah, I need a good week here to put myself back in good position. Hit the Books Kanish is presented by the Hammer Betting Network. You can check out all the great content at the hammer.bet and as well as the social media accounts at the Hammer HQ. And I know you have a bunch of content at the Hammer, so I'm sure you're there all the time consuming everything that's there. You do great work out throughout the week. I appreciate you taking the time to go over my five bets. So let's go with the first bet. Now, I know this number has changed because of some news that has leaked out after I bet it. So I want to get your thought process on, on this game. I took South Carolina plus 10.5 against Kentucky. My original thinking on the game was now South Carolina is a little bit undervalued now after what we saw against Georgia. You know, I don't see Kentucky as a team that's going to blow others out. But after I put that bet in a couple of days later, a little birdie told me that uh, Kentucky's quarterback, Will Levis, might not play. Uh, that number is now down to six and a half. What are you seeing with this game, and are you attacking it in any way? Yeah, you know, I, I like some of those early South Carolina prices. Uh, Levis is definitely not going to play uh, by, by everyone that that, uh, that I talk to that knows stuff. Um, I think now – I it's probably I, the thing about that, that issue with me. Solid is I, I really don't like the South Carolina team in any respect. Um, so you know, it'd be one of those where obviously if we if we got in early before the Levis news, even I think that original number was high. Even um, you know, even disregarding the quarterback situation there. Um, now though, um, it, it's it's a South Carolina team that that's that's hard hard for me to believe in. It's a Kentucky team I was down on coming into the year. I've Faded in a few spots. Um, it it hasn't really worked out for the most part. Um, um, 
now we'll we'll see. I, I guess my um, my counter here now. This is the you know the big steam obviously with Levis is he hasn't particularly. He's a guy that gets a lot of NFL draft buzz, uh, a lot of the tools. Um, he hasn't particularly been a great college quarterback. Um, so I and I'm I'm not too you know we'll have to see here uh, with the bringing in the backup. He doesn't have a ton of experience, so. We're not really going to know what the downgrade is um, until this game is going. But I would say the issue is uh, that I have with, with this type of move. You know, this is a move that more, you know, it aligns itself with, uh, you know, when you're getting like these five, six point moves, like a legitimate top quality starter to a, you know, an average or below average backup. I'm not totally sure that's the situation. Um, and, and I guess I, I won't be, we won't really be sure until the game is happening. So obviously you got in with a good number. Um, but I'm, I'm, I, it's one of those that I don't think we're going to know until the game is happening how much of a downgrade uh, it's going to be from, from Levis to the back up there because he hasn't been, you know, he's, He's been okay. Um, I think he's a guy that's got a lot more potential than he does substance at the moment. So, so we'll see. And obviously, South Carolina is a team that that that, that has just been below expectations for for a lot this year. So we'll see. Yeah, and you mentioned quarterbacks uh, that uh, with more more lacking substance. How about Spencer Rattler, who was once the favorite to be the first pick in the NFL draft and. Boy, talk about a career that's gone down the tubes a little bit, but that would be my concern is if Rattler starts throwing the ball away, you know, throwing it to the other team, fumbling. So, but, you know, I thought the line, I, I thought getting over 10, I, I take a shot, now it's falling. But you're you're saying to all my casual better friends who wake up on Saturday and want to bet college football and have no idea who Will Levis is, but finds out that the Kentucky quarterback is not playing. Do not six points. No, no, sir. Right, you don't want to take six in that spot. Yeah, it, it would not be a buy for me. If I had a better feel on the Kentucky back, then that would give me. You know, if I that's why I'm not gonna you know fade this move or anything is because um, I don't feel particularly confident uh, in what they're bringing out there. But I agree, it's one that where like all the value of, of getting South Carolina. Uh, has been sucked out of it. So for me now, it'd be a no play where it's at, but obviously, uh, you know, you're in good shape with that number. Okay. Now for the second game, I've been waiting all week to hear your thoughts on this one. Uh, boy, it doesn't sound like your dog likes it. Yeah, uh, no, it's, 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 it, hopefully it might be a barking dog here. It depends on what you see here. It is a barking dog, but I, I got this one before. Again, there's been news that came out. I got it beforehand. I took Northwestern plus 10 against Wisconsin. Now, obviously, after I bet that, Wisconsin fired their head coach, Paul Chris. They moved up Jim Leonard, the defensive coordinator. Typically, I don't like to get involved with coaching change weeks, but I already had the, the bet in. The thing I can't understand here, Kanish, maybe you can shed some light here. The number's gone against me now. It's like 10 and a half, I believe, uh, it, up from 10. I who gave Wisconsin the right to be a 10-point favorite on the road? I mean, I know Northwestern isn't any good, but they've played close games. Their one big issue is they give up 191 yards on the ground, but this isn't your typical Wisconsin team. They got two yards rushing last week. Am I missing something here? Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on the fact that I couldn't get – I knew some people that, you know, some sharper moves that were kind of in on, uh, you know, like uh, getting in on Wisconsin under 10 there. I, I can't. I can't lay 10 here and feel good about it. That um, it, it's one of those that just, it, it, 
I know Northwestern is in this bad stretch of form here where they're, you know, they, they, they've lost an SCF, Southern Illinois is not good. They lost to Miami, Ohio, when they had a backup quarterback. Um, there's not too much to like about their recent form, um, but it, it's a matchup that you get Fitzgerald at home. He tends to overperform in some of these situations, especially against teams that can't really line him up there uh, and you know, it'll throw it all over the park. So, I'm with you. If I had to play it now, now that it's crossed over the 10, it'd be a Northwestern or nothing for me. Um, it's just, man, is Northwestern in some brutal form the last few weeks after looking like they had kind of revamped the offense early in the season. Um, but I know there was some sharp money early on Wisconsin. Uh, it, it would be, um, I, I'm with you here. I I got to tell you, if this gets to 11 or 11 and a half, I'll, then I'll probably purchase a piece of Northwestern. I don't have a side at the moment, but it would be I'm where you're at, Northwestern or pass. And so how do you deal? Um, a couple weeks ago on this show, I took Nebraska after they fired Scott Frost, and that went well for about three minutes. Uh, then Oklahoma <laughs> got the ball and the game was over. Uh, how do you handicap coaching changes do you guys the pro betters do you guys see an edge anywhere when that happens does it not matter as much what do you guys do when that happens you know i actually have a uh you know a quant buddy that uh that had actually looked in the summer he looked at this data um and the the week after a coaching change there was kind of a uh like a market adjustment of thinking that the team would overperform and the team kind of underperformed relative um to I guess what the market expectation would be, where you see them getting a little bit of a rating bump, thinking that oh they got rid of this coach, so oh, and it hasn't really played out that way, um, at least over a larger sample. So, and I don't think I mean, if I want to look at it more, uh, you know, case by case, I don't think there's a situation where sometimes you have a go where like the team hated the coach. Like if Dana Holgerson got fired or something, I would be like, this team absolutely hates this guy. They're going to come out. You know, they have a coach that they might like. Um, but in this situation, I don't think it was that type of scenario at all. I think it was just some Paul Chris underperforming for a while. They wanted to give Jim Leonard, Jim Leonard a longer opportunity here uh, and the chance to take over the full-time job. So for me, this isn't one that I do too much, um, you know, relative to – to wanting to back or fade a, a team in this type of coaching change. The scheme will be very similar. It's not like they're going to be making any substantial, uh, you know, scheme schematic changes or style changes. So for me, I don't have much of a, of a change here. Um, and if anything, uh, I, again, like I said, I'd be probably, I'm this close to, to kind of a buy order on Northwestern, seeing if I can get another half point out of it. All right, now my third pick. This is a bigger game. I got a feeling the people, the, the the smart people, might be against me here. I got Tennessee minus two and a half over LSU. Uh, here's my reasoning. I think LSU they have an impressive win over Mississippi State. I, I'll, I'll give them that. But last week they had five yards passing in the second half. They got three turnovers in the fourth quarter. I just feel like they're doing a little bit of this with smoke and mirrors. I think Tennessee is ready to become that third team in the SEC. I think the number's a little short, and most importantly for me is listen. LSU is known as one of the toughest places to play. But that's typically at night. This game's at noon. So those fans don't have as much time to get all revved up, drinking in the parking lot. This is an early kickoff. I think it favors Tennessee. Short number. What do you think about this one? Yeah, this, this was a Monday rendition. Uh, hit the book. Double uh, double banger here for me and Mr. <laughs> Powers. Now the number 
is pretty much where it was uh, Monday. I know there's some some, some sharp disagreement. Uh, you know, it's kind of been on both sides of this game. I know there's some people that bought the the three three and a halfs there. I'm with you. I, I can't. I, I can't get. I've heard you know a couple of justifications for why people like LSU in this spot. I don't buy it. I don't buy Jaden Daniels. Uh, I think he got nicked up last week. I, I don't buy LSU can have a ton of success running the ball here. And I don't buy they can keep up with Tennessee's offense. Um, I, I just think it's an LSU team that's that's been significantly overvalued and fortunate uh, to be where they're at. And it's not a great Tennessee defense, but I think it matches up well. They're a little better against the run. They're going to be bringing heavy blitz pressure here uh, against Daniels, who was banged up last week. And it's an LSU defense that I'm not totally sold on here. I think they've had a... Uh, you know, a couple, I mean, they gave up a ton of yards uh, to Auburn last week through the air and the backup quarterback. Um, and I think Tennessee here, it's one of those that other thing. Outside of the number, I think, being a bit short and some of the matchups I like, the spot is great. They're off a bye. LSU's playing six straight weeks here. Um, early kick. Tennessee, some extra time to prepare. Um, yeah, I like the two and a half. I played some money line, played some two, two and a half. I, this is one that, hey, it's, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, you know, having a larger position here, and if people want to buy LSU, that hey, good, good for them. We'll we'll, uh, we'll settle it on the field, baby. Uh, and there's only one way to sell it with the pocketbook. So yeah, I got a, I got a large uh, Tennessee position here with you, uh, and we'll see what happens Saturday morning. All right, we're we're both on the same side here. But something you said that caught my attention is when you see like on Twitter or sports betting content producers say the sharps are on this, right? You mentioned that sometimes they might be on like, some syndicates might be on Tennessee, others might be on LSU. But right? how how would you say how how accurate is that information that comes out? Like when you see the sharps are on this or the publics, are, is it typically accurate or is it more just kind of nonsense that people are throwing out there? You know, I, I think a lot of it gets kind of like lost in the wash of of like you might get a sharp guy at one book who who's betting a bet and another guy at a different book. You know, like, I think a, you know, the the sports betting reporters want to curate a narrative to get clicks in that or, you know, bet percentage and that type of stuff. Um, to be honest, I, I don't pay too much attention to that stuff. Uh, I, you know, I got plugged into to some groups that I respect and, and see if they're going to make a move on it or why they moved on it. Um, but for the most part, you know, you're going to usually get like a um, a conflicting information from, from different guys, from different books, you know, like. And I'd say the ones that you definitely want to ignore are the, you know, like the better place 500,000 at X square book. And like, if that guy's able to get 500,000 at, at, you know, some, uh, you know, Ricky Dick book here, then um, that that's a bet that I know gets a lot of traffic, but you shouldn't pay any attention to. So for the most part, um, I, I don't, it, I, I got a, you know, internal network of people that uh, that are kind of the, the information that I care about and any of that external stuff that's getting reported, I don't pay too much attention to. Yeah, and you, listen, you make a great point. And this comes out in the Super Bowl, right? When yeah. somebody bets a million dollars in the Super Bowl, that's not a sharp bet. That's a whale who's a who's a casino player, correct? And uh, they wouldn't take that kind of bet from somebody who a, a pro better. Is that right? Yeah, and even not, I mean, not on the Super like, uh, they'll give, I mean, if you've got VIP accounts somewhere uh, at some of these books that, you know, are not known to take significant sharp action, uh, and you see a guy getting, you know, 100,000, 200,000, 500,000, I mean, I've seen it again on X random college game. If some little casino player wants to put, you know, 
500000 Saturday morning on, uh, you know, if he's a losing player, you're going to let him have it. Because, right. I mean, there's no edge to be had there. Um, you know, I, if you hear the story of some guys, you know, flipping whales, then occasionally that's, uh, that's a thing. But for the most part, most of those bets are just uh, losing whale players that, that you know, want to get a bet down in the sports book and uh, they've got the account to do it. All right, so my first three picks here, we got um, South Carolina plus the 10.5, Northwestern plus 10. I got Tennessee minus 2.5, and And now here's where we get interesting. You might not know this, Kiddish, but I am a big, big fan of the service academies. I love option football. I love why. I think it's a thing of beauty when they run that option. So first one, I got Navy plus 6 against Tulsa at home. I think Navy is sneaky, sneaky playing a little bit better. They beat East Carolina 23-20. They lost to a good Air Force 13-10. I think their defense is starting to play a little bit better. And I I just don't know why Tulsa is getting so much love. They were a six-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against Wyoming earlier in the season, lost that game outright. I don't know. I, I don't think Tulsa should be close to a touchdown favorite on the road. So I took the, uh, the, the midshipmen getting the six at home well tom i got some uh i got some good news for the the people watching from a content perspective it's a bad news for you i hate that play i i i, I can't I, I hate this navy team to completely honest with that. i don't I, number one the, the, the option football beautiful i i, I mean by, I'm, I'm to each his own here but i gotta tell you there's no there's no there's no worse game for me than when I watch an Army and Navy try and slug it out for three quarters in a six to three battle. So I, 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 I highly prefer the new modern offense. The other one is I, I don't, and I know they've had a couple of covers in a row, as you've mentioned. Um, the defense has been playing, but the defense has been playing better against teams that they match up better against there. Uh, Holton Allers had a bad performance against Navy, against East Carolina. The option versus option is always, uh, you know, a tricky thing. It's easier to defend because you've been playing it for, you know, years. These guys have, you know, have option in their blood when they're in the program they've been playing against for five years. Against teams that play a little bit more schematically like Tulsa in an open passing offense, I think Navy's going to struggle. Now, the one key factor there was how healthy is Davis Brin? The Tulsa quarterback, he's been dealing with an ankle. He came out of the game last week at the very end against Cincinnati. By all indications, he's going to play. I don't know how close to 100% he is. However, if he is up there, uh, you know, closer to 100%, I think Navy's in a tough spot here. Uh, And the issue is, it's not as much their defense, which you mentioned. It's, I don't love this rendition. I mentioned this a few times talking about this game this week. This rendition of the Navy triple option for me, it doesn't have the key factors of, of what I think makes a great triple, where you need some type of explosive playmaker at quarterback. I don't think they have that. They don't have the, the ability to kind of grind that three, four yards, the great up back, that, that you know, type of Navy classic fullback that's getting out. And they don't have, you know, what Hazik Daniels can do at Air Force. He provides a little bit more of a, a passing threat. They don't really have that. So it's kind of just your very layman's triple without any of these special, uh, you know, options like Malcolm Perry provided when he was so electric back there. Uh, they just don't have that guy. So for me, I think Tulsa does enough here on defense. And if Bryn is healthy, I think Navy really struggles to contain with Tulsa's on offense. So that'll be our one big disagreement of this week because uh, I am not a fan of this Navy team whatsoever. And I think they're, I think they're in trouble if Bryn is uh, even close to 100% here. Oh, now, first of all, I didn't say I liked watching 
Army play Navy. I said I like watching their option offense when they play other teams. Those games are excruciating to watch. I do agree with you about the quarterback position. I think that's what Navy has been lacking the last couple of years is a dynamic quarterback. I'm hoping they can run the ball, keep this game close, but you do make some good points here. They got me a little bit nervous about this one. Um, but hey, if you hate that play, I got another one for you. Notre Dame? <laughs> no, no, not Notre Dame <laughs> this week. Back the top I, back? I, 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 I wanted to take them, but I, I, we'll see. Maybe next week. <laughs> it's Indiana. I'm turning the stream off. No, no, no. It's a. I took Army plus the seventeen against Wake Forest. Now, listen to me. Last year. Army covered this number and they gave up 70 points. Um, they lost 70 to 56. I just, I, I get your points about Navy. I think Army runs, the, they have better players. They run the option much better. And I don't know how well Wake Forest matches up with that. Now, if Army's defense can just make them punt a couple times. Yeah, this is a big number. I think this is where you want to play Army. I think they've been a little overvalued in a couple of their games this year, like against Georgia State. But getting 17, I'm hoping they pound that big fullback who I love up the middle. They chew up some clock and they stay within the number. Tommy, Tommy, you know, you give me all, you, you, you have me like shaking my head with Davey and then you bring me right back here with the Army. I am with you on this one. I played some uh, some 17 and a half. I still, it looks like there's still some 17s out there. Uh, I'd still play 17. And I agree with you for, for a number of the things you mentioned that Army's triple is much more efficient than what Navy has. Um, they're able, they're a little more physical. They're able to get uh, a little bit higher of the yards per care against a weight defense. I think is very soft up front. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that isn't going to be able uh, to really, you know, stop, uh, stop them on, on a consistent basis. And this is, this is one of those, you know, the rare trends where everybody knows that most trends are BS. One of those rare trends that when you're getting this type of number uh, with an option offense, especially a quality option offense, not whatever Navy's running this year, that it, it's just you're, you're, you're on the ball there. You're talking about a handful of stops in this game to cover this number, where even if Wake scores, you know, on 80% of their possessions, that it's still going to be tough for Navy. They might only get, you know, six, seven possessions in this game. Um where it's just too high of a number. I know some there was some movement. Uh, this got down to, you know, 14, 14 and a half, got steam back up. Um, it, it's really in that zone there where you want the key number of 17. I think Army can keep this, you know, keep this in. They're not going to get a bunch of stops here, but, you're, you, you know, it's one of those, you, you talk about one stop, one turnover, one stop, and if you can get, then they can cash in on the, the you know, the, op, the next drive. It's tough for Wake then to get back outside of that zone. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be – I mean, obviously this was one of my favorite games of the season last year when the two teams played. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I'm, I'm totally with you here. Uh, I think it's a much better triple. I think it's a better matchup. And we're getting a significantly higher number in this game um, where, hey, I like this year's Wake Forest team, uh, but this, this number's – this number's just too high, uh, and it's it, it's a team that I don't think can stop the triple with any you know consistent effectiveness. So yeah, seventeen or better. Uh, give me the, give me the real troops in this game, baby. Arm me. See, so you just admitted you like the option. You just don't like it when they play each other. I like it when they're playing Wake Forest. <laughs> yeah, yes, right. When they're playing That's... playing the soft ass Wake Forest defense. Give me the triple. Well, and and Kinesh, as somebody who um who loves the, I, I just feel like there's teams and coaches who are either 
defend it well or they don't. Like, you know, David Cutcliffe at Duke had tremendous success against the option. Craig Bull at Wyoming has given Air Force all kinds of trouble, uh, you know, known as a great option defending the option. I just, what I saw last year, I think Wake Forest is going to have to get a lot, lot, lot better at defending the option if they're going to, if they're going to cover a big number like this. No, I'm, uh, I'm totally with you. Usually, uh, and it's not something, you know, I, I agree. It's there. You said there's certain coaches, uh, you know, Wyoming is a team that comes to mind where they, they beat Air Force early. It's a, it's a trash Wyoming team this year, but they've been able to stop that triple under Craig Bowl for years on end. Uh, Cutcliffe, as you mentioned, there's some teams and some programs um, that have just been able to do it for, for year over year consistently. Uh, and some teams that haven't, you know, Wake doesn't really, um, you know, they don't have the defensive line personnel. Yeah. They're not Georgia Tech doesn't run it anymore, so it's like we're we're not gonna you know why are we gonna spend a ton of time trying to you know install and run this trip when it's not even a conference game? Um, it, it, it's not a you know a team that's gonna be you know playing significantly. Uh, you know we're not gonna have this year over year. Yeah, it's a one game sample, so I totally agree with you. Um, it, it there's no history here of Wake stopping it. I don't like the personnel. Give me the 17 all day in this kind of game. All right, so my five official picks, I want to get your thoughts on one other game that I think is interesting, but my five official picks are South Carolina plus 10.5, Northwestern plus 10, Tennessee minus 2.5, Navy plus 6, which you hate, and Army plus 17. So those are my five official picks. One game I want to get your thoughts on that I did bet that isn't going to count against my record is I took Washington State against USC, but man, that number really moved against me. I saw you know, it moved a couple of points to USC. I don't know. I guess I'm still trying to get this USC team. Maybe I'm just, I'm not buying into them enough. Do you have any play on this game, or what are your thoughts on that number and the line move? You know, uh, it's I don't have a play. I know there was some uh, sharp guys uh, that I know that were on USC early, uh, which obviously correlated to the move. Um, it's it's a you know it's a Washington State team that's that's kind of been confounding to me in terms of kind of their week over week performance um, and, and just how the their their season has played out. And it's a USC team that you know I've been looking you know was on a, a big fade against them against Arizona State. Uh, there's also, you know, I guess it's a team that, you know, you've been lining up to to find a good fade spot, and, and I liked fading them last week. I didn't double down with it this week. Um, obviously, the number's significantly different, number one. Uh, you know, we were talking about you know, 26, you know, 25, 26 last week, uh, lower this week. You know, they the, obviously, you know, a lot of the, the factors that are out there of their, their huge turnover differential, uh, the poorest defense, um, some of those things that that should regress at some point, um, but it's a Washington State team that I don't think you know. Number one, I don't love what they're they're able to do on defense, um, and offensively, I like the matchup a little better against some of the other teams. Like like you know, we're talking about they're going to play Utah coming up. They're going to play UCLA. Um, they have Notre Dame. Uh, to, those are teams that I think can really take advantage of what I think is a very soft USC front. Uh, they have like a starting middle linebacker who, who looks like he should be on the basketball team. He's like 200 pounds. I think there's some there's some teams that'll match up better uh, against USC to take advantage of them from a fade perspective coming up on the schedule. This wasn't one uh, stylistically that, that I thought uh, would kind of fit that bill. So for me, I didn't have any uh, play on this game. 
Now I wouldn't try to know. Obviously, I said some sharp guys are on USC early. It'd be a no play for me in the zone here. Uh, it, it's just going to be a sit back and observe for me where it's at now. Um, if anything, I like the, the over a touch um, still even sitting where it's at currently. But don't have a side in this one. Um, I'm not going to totally hate the, your wazoo play because, you know, the USC is due for some, some regression, some misfortune at some point. But um, it was a no play for me where it's at now. All right, well, we'll see how that one goes. And I, I didn't love the line move against me early, so uh, that's why I left it off my five picks. I mean, I need some, you know, instead I replaced it with Navy. So uh, there you oh, go. Oh, there you are. I, I, I know. Right? Yeah, 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 you should. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, gotta cut, tell Zach to cut that out and put back in the wazoo. <laughs> so, Kanish, every week I ask you to you, – you, you hit these – you're red hot with these. You Three and all. First week you had Maryland against SMU. You, you had uh, – uh, Minnesota against Michigan State, easy winner. Then last Friday, you gave out New Mexico, who for some reason was getting double-digit points against UNLV. That was an easy cover. They almost won that game outright. Is there a game this week that's kind of off the radar that you're looking at that some people might not be uh, thinking about? You know what? Let's go uh, Let's go back to our chirps here. Uh, you know, this one is one uh, Maryland here with Purdue coming in. Purdue, obviously, big win last week uh, over Minnesota, upset win. Um, however, some of the, you know, the factors that, that I thought last week, uh, you know, that played out weren't, you know, I don't know if it's a significantly different matchup here against Maryland last week. Uh, Purdue's defense was able to handle, you know, without Mo Ibrahim, they were able to handle Minnesota's offense, um, play kind of a grinder, broke up, you know, a, a big play there. Um, Maryland is a team that that has really impressed me, you know, throughout the throughout the year in, in a number of – I think their offensive line, they brought back all five starters. It's been great all year. Their defensive front's a little better. And it's a Purdue team. Uh, now that it's come down, this is one where, you know, I'm looking for – I wouldn't have played this at, you know, the original four, four and a half, five. Now that we're getting uh, mostly threes in the market, that was the buy spot for me. Obviously, would have loved the two and a half, um, but I played some three. Uh, I, I just think Maryland's a, a significantly better team than Purdue. And now that it's come down um, into the buy range, I took some Terps. Uh, they've been good to me in a number of spots this year. And I think, you know, it's been off them for a few weeks. And I think finally now it, it's back to the point uh, where I think we're getting a little bit of value after Purdue's win last week against Minnesota. Uh, Totally different schematic uh, change there for Purdue uh, up against this week against Maryland. I think they're better in the trenches, better playmakers on offense. Talia a little healthier after he got dinged up against Michigan. So give me the turf this week. We'll run it back with Maryland. They were good to us earlier, uh, and I think now it's in the buy range for me. All right, you're riding the Terps to keep that undefeated streak alive. I'm going to have to get a little bit of that. That did look intriguing. I do have Purdue to win the Big Ten West, uh, so they got a big win last week. But I agree, I didn't think they looked all that great in that win. So this one makes sense to me as well. Um, Kanish, don't forget, subscribe to the Hammer uh, NCAA Football on YouTube and Twitch and turn on notifications so you know when people like us are on. The next edition of Hit the Books is on Monday at 4 o'clock Eastern time with you and Brad Powers breaking down all the weekend's games, the early look on the lines, your early plays. So you got you early in the week, and then you got you later in the week. I see you in midweek. Sometimes I see you on the weekend. You're all over the place on this channel. Joey Worldwide, baby. <laughs> Just keep the hammer rolling during football season. So just to review before we go, my five picks for this week are South Carolina plus 
Northwestern plus 10, Tennessee minus two and a half, Navy plus six, and Army plus 17. I almost kind of hope Navy loses because I don't want to spend the money to have to dress up like a cadet uh, here next week uh, if they win that game outright. But Kanish, as always, it's been great. I appreciate the feedback on my picks and the information you provide. We'll see how I do this week. I'm hovering over that 50%. I need a big week, uh, but we'll come back next week. We'll break it down. We'll look at the five picks for next week's games. Enjoy the games on Saturday, Kanish, and I will see you next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Sounds good. Good luck, brother. (laughs) 